Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Coconut. So yes, recently the market isn't doing very well. So I get it. It's not a great time. A lot of people, when the market doesn't do very well, then um, they will you know go online and blah, blah, blah. Or they will like, kind of wallow amongst their friends. Or you see a whole slew of online content going like, oh, kumbaya, you know, oh, you're not the only one. We're all suffering together. Okay, to be fair, I get it. I don't want you to wallow in shit. I don't want you to go into the abyss and break down and, you know, all that. If, if you're at that level... Please seek professional help. At least talk to some friends about it. You know, take take the step out of it. But the other side of the spectrum of this kumbaya feel good, like, oh, you're not the only one. We all shit together is also problematic. But that aside, when market doesn't do very well, I think there's a big bunch of people will then start to look at this thing called CPF and think like, okay, la, I'm fine. I feel 100,000 here. My retirement is secure. Essentially, that's what CPF wants you to know. La. Welcome back to the show. Good morning, everyone, and welcome you to another day with the Financial Coconut. In our podcast, debunking financial myths, discovering best financial practices, and discussing financial strategies that fits our unique life. You get it, ultimately empowering us a greater life we love while managing our finances well. My name is Reggie, aka your Chief Financial Coconut, and today we're going to spend some time to talk about the less known users of CP. F, right, which is uh, quite a lot of money sitting around for all of you in your 30s, millennials listening in. A few hundred thousand in your CPF, I think it's quite a fair thing. I might maybe, okay, maybe you commit to HDB already and then all your money is there. So, yeah, that's a different story. But all in all, CPF have come a long way. What started as a colonial project um, has evolved over time to become one of the most important social backbone um, in our society. Okay, so if you didn't know how CPF started, it really started as a colonial idea, right? So the colonial power, which is the UK at a point in time, didn't want to pay for the colonial people, right? I don't even think they call us citizens, right? So the colonial people, all these people, the slaves and serfs of the colonies, um, instead of giving them pension, because that would mean the state needs to pay, they have decided that, okay, how about you and your employer each put 5% out and then you guys will take care of yourself all the way till you die. <laughs> so if you didn't know, pension was a system of the past, right? So even in Singapore, you may know people in the 70s or 60s, maybe 60s is a bit hard, maybe 70s, 80s, that worked in government jobs um, or work in some of those big MNCs, they have pension packages, right? So they used to work in an era where if you work, uh, you will get this protection all the way till you die. So every month, the company or the organization will keep paying you all the way until you die, right? So that, that is essentially the whole idea of pension, which is also why the colonial powers didn't want to give pension to all the people that live in the colonies, which is also why in Malaysia, they have something similar called the EPF. Similar structure, you as a worker, you put a certain percentage of your salary into this account and your employer puts a certain percentage of that salary into your account and then with this, you form the bedrock of your retirement or you form the bedrock of um, pretty much the social structure and the social support system in Singapore and in Malaysia also. 
So without turning into a history channel, I hope that gives you a little bit of glimpse as to why this thing exists, actually exists pre-independence during our colonial times. But even after independence, we continue to use this system and this system has evolved over time. Um, I'm not here to discuss whether is it right, wrong, good, bad, should we go back to pension, blah, blah, blah. I'm not here to discuss that, right? That is something that we should discuss. We should continue to push and question. Is there a better way to go about doing these things? We should, but it's not today's episode. But focusing on this, you realise that CPF has changed over time, right? And it's probably reached a point where a lot of us modern millennials, uh, millennials don't know so you can call modern or we becoming older. <laughs> so you're in your 30s, your 40s, and you realise that if somebody's sitting around, but there are so many things that you can use CPF for, you don't know what to do, right? Some people will probably use it for the HDB already, then enough discussion, most of your money is there. Or some people will use it to essentially buy insurance policies or even pay for their education or their or their child's education right so there's a lot of permutation ongoing that i'm sure you've seen tons and tons of articles out there telling you you can do this you can do that you can do that cpf articles perform very well and in my head of course perform very well like everybody after you work 10 20 years you have 300,000 inside of course you care about what to do with it which is also probably why during hard times, everybody want to look at their CPF money and think like, oh yeah, if I can take it now, uh, it would be very good. Uh, right? Which, which I get it. You know, it's uh, hard times. Everybody hope that they can get immediate cash now. But that's not possible at this point in time. So given the parameters of what CPF have today, what are some interesting things that you can do that I don't see enough people doing? And yeah, we're here to talk a little bit more about that. So the first thing that I feel that more people can do within the CPF ecosystem is to buy integrated shield plans. In other words, it is topping up on top of your basic MediShield life plans, okay, which everyone knows is the best bang for your buck. Best bang for your buck. I can put this out, nobody will dare to debate me. And then you ask me, hey, then why my wealth manager, financial planner, insurance agent, right? They never tell me about this thing. The reality is um, I have off record asked a lot of them and they all agree, okay, that this is the best plan. Don't quote me per se and don't go and quote all the other people that I've interviewed, okay? But they all know that this is the best bank for your bank. Uh, but broadly speaking, the industry is not incentivized to tell you that this is the best bank for your buck. Of course, because they don't make a lot of money. That's why it's the best bank for your buck. If you think about it, CPF is the biggest, you know, state, pretty much the biggest pool of money that the people have, right? So all of us, we work, we pool our money together. Every single Joe, you know, everybody, you know, next to you, even the old people, they've already accumulated over time, right? So everybody's accumulating. There's a lot of money in CPF. So imagine today CPF, go and negotiate an insurance deal. Do you think they can get better uh, perks or you alone can get better perks? Definitely, they can flex their muscles and get better perks. So with that idea, collective bargaining being very powerful, um, they have gotten the best perks, best bang for your buck. So in other words, if you're trying to get um, your insurance covered, the first thing I feel you should discuss with your planner or even if you don't get a planner, you get a board, you get whatever you know out there that you want to use 
you must explore Integrated Shield Plan, which essentially right, is an add-on on the MediShield Life, which everybody automatically already have. Everybody has MediShield Life. Okay? But why you explore riders or explore top-ups or explore Integrated Shield Plans you know, or explore add-on, they all mean the same thing. That means on top of the MediShield Life Plan, you buy more. So why do you do that? Because or maybe you want uh, private care, maybe you want to stay in Ward A, maybe you want to cover some things that are not covered in the basic MediShield uh, life plan, which is fair because the MediShield life plan is targeted at the median. Okay, That means the people in the median, the mass, uh, to sufficient, right? sufficient for the mass and the median. But if you feel like, oh, you want more coverage, you feel like you want to get more, then okay, adopt the ad- adopt this integrated shield plan on top of it. Um, of course, it gets a little bit nuanced depending on what you're trying to do. It depends on what you have, but there's also a cap at the top lah, because you know everybody knows this is a good plan, right? So even the government cap how much you can buy. So the thing here is not to tell you how much to buy, what to buy, what component to buy, you know, that's not the the plan. But the idea here is to let you know that there's this thing called the Integrated Shield Plan, which is pretty much a state-negotiated add-on that you should explore, right? The best thing is uh, you can actually use your MediSafe to pay the premium for this. So in other words, there's no out-of-pocket cash, right? So please go and explore before you look at any other for-profit insurance providers, different, different products that they have. It is not saying that these other for-profit people have no better products. They probably have different kind of products because they want to stay competitive, right? Um, and they don't really want to compete with MediShield, of course, right? Why would you want to compete with MediShield? You cannot, right? They're already the cheapest and the best, all right? But given this parameter of uh, MediShield and Integrated Shield, you should definitely check them out first. But that is not to say that you should cancel all your other insurance plans and policies um, to to just jump in straight away, okay? Because once you are in it, um, the penalty to exit may be very painful also. Maybe even more painful than the kind of additional perks that you can get from integrated shoes. So please uh, talk to your financial planner or your trusted advisor to kind of support you through this uh, specific process of where you are, what you have, and have you explored uh, integrated shoe, okay? Which brings me to point number two, and that is top up your parents' CPF so they get CPF life and you reduce your need to support them. And we will talk a little bit more about this afterward from our sponsor. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Okay, so in the beginning, we talked a little bit about how CPF started, right? Which is a colonial idea uh, where the colonial powers don't want to support the local citizens and they get the local citizen and the local merchants, essentially the local entrepreneurs, right? To pay 5% each and uh, pull together a sum of money so that the local people can live all the way to the end of their lives. Of course, things have changed and uh, I'm very, very happy with CPF Life. I'm very supportive of this because for the longest time, um, your retirement is still on you. Pretty much the structure is 
you take out your money, the employer take out their money, and then the pool is the same, right? Although it's no longer 5%, there are a lot of other things that you can do with CPF, but it is still pretty much on you. Okay, but now the state has come up with CPF life together and the government will top up some money or CPF will add some money inside this pool of money and uh, we share the collective risk, we invest at the same time we get a stable payout for everyone. Okay, and um, like it or not, you need money to make money like in capitalism, right? This is the reality of, of what it is. So if you think about it, you may think like, oh, I'm an investing superhero. I can do it on my own, which is fine and good, right? I think we at TFC, we also want to promote, you know, a lot of uh, good investing ideas. And for some people that want to put in the extra work to be a great part-time investor, right? 10, 15, 20%. It is not impossible, right? You can uh, listen to TFC Stock Geek and read a lot and, you, you know, you, you can get there. But for the many others that are not particularly interested to do that. They just want their money to work a little bit harder and uh, want to get to a better, more comfortable position or at least meet their goals that they're going for. Now, if you think about it, your money alone versus a collective pool with everyone else and the state, which has more power? Of course, the collective pool. The bigger pool always has a stronger power in capitalism to invest better, longer runway, and uh, more risk-sharing. Yeah, essentially, it has a lot of benefit where everybody put money together. So this CPF life system, to put it very simply, is your money plus your employer's money, the early days of your contribution to CPF, plus the state's money, which in some sense is also your money because you are a citizen of the state. We live in a democracy. It's not a feudal system. Everybody owns a piece of the state, right? So it's a state's money coming in the collective pool. And with this three bunch of cash pooled together, we then set up an endowment structure to invest and you get 6% risk-free returns. It's pretty amazing like, if you don't really want to do a lot of things. 6% is quite good. On top of that, you get a payout for life. As to how the payout structure is going to work, this is a little bit more complicated. Today, we're not going to focus on CPF Life, okay? I make it sound like Macham today is CPF sponsored the episode, but it's not. It's not. <laughs> not yet. Huh? CPF, hello. You should sponsor our episode. Huh? But the idea here is, with the collective structure where we pull money together, invest together, and give everybody payout till they die, this really covers a lot of anxiety of everybody. Can I retire? Do I have enough to retire? Or how will my life at the end of my journey be? Which is very hard because it's very arbitrary. Like you, we are 30, 40, and we are thinking about wow, 80 years old, 90 years old. My goodness, you're barely halfway there. You cannot even see the light at the end of the tunnel. So it's quite challenging right but i would say with this system at least it sets up a framework for us to support each other for the state to come in to collectively support the community all the way to the end of our days right you pay out all the way to the end as to specifically how the payout is done uh that's there there are a few you know permutation i think three permutation you can read on cpf's website i will not talk about it today but why then is point number two topping up your parents' CPF so that they can put into CPF life to support them? This is a little bit of an interesting idea because I think a lot of people when we live in Singapore, you know, the, the country has internalized this whole filial piety idea where you should, you know, support your family, you make money already, you must contribute back, blah, blah, blah. And when I think about it, okay, fair, um, Okay lah, right? I mean, I, I understand within this moral parameter that this is what we believe in. 
But at the same time, we cannot forget the reality that it is hard to fill a leaky bucket. So if you are essentially bleeding and bleeding and bleeding, you're constantly contributing back to the family and your family is just spending and splurging and having fun, then you're like slogging here, right? This is essentially kicking the can down the next generation, you know, right? <laughs> it's, it's quite rubbish, right? Your parents don't have a lot of surpluses. They are not performing very well financially, which is okay, understandable. I'm not blaming anybody. But if you then, now that you're doing a little bit better, you know, maybe median income, medium wage, and then you support them every month, you give them a few hundred dollars, then, you know, you are the leaky bucket. Then the problem becomes yours. And then when will this problem be solved? When can the family get into a situation where, you know, we are comfortable, don't need to worry about these things, don't need to put the burden on the next generation to think like, oh yeah, hey, you're my golden ticket, you need to take care of me. And truth be told, in capitalism, money must come from somewhere, right? So you will never be able to solve it on your own, right? So with this CPF life system, I think that we should really think of how to explore this structure where people in our generation, 30s, 40s, we are stuck kind of in between. How about instead of directly giving money to our parents so that they consume now, how about we top it up into their CPF account because they are close to retirement already, right? They're somewhere like 60, 70, they're, they're close to that that period already where they can take up CPF life, right? Where they can start to take all those money. So how about we come to an agreement, even if usually you give 500, right? Then you tell your parents, how about I give you 250 and 250 we put into CPF life. And then eventually the amount compounds. And when the amount compounds, CPF life keeps giving the payout back to your parents. Wow, it's a lot more relaxing uh, that you are the one giving the payout every month. Think about it. And on top of that, now there's the matching, I think not a lot, up to 600, but hey, it's a good start, right? That means for every dollar that you put in your the, into your parents' account, the government matches another dollar up to $600. So that'll be 1002 already to kickstart and you get tax relief, right? Well, I really sound like i supporting CPF here. <laughs> good thing, we must say good thing, uh, right? So, so I think this is something that we can think about, we can explore. Instead of just looking at our own, you know, um, building our own nest egg, how about we look at using CPF Live to build our parents' nest egg so that we stop becoming the leaky bucket and then we can kind of pull our money together because, hey, you need time, you need investments, you need to let the money roll. This is the parameters of the game today. So think about it. CPF Live, top up for your parents. Which brings me to point number three, and that is to buy HPS, Home Protection Scheme, even if you're not using CPF to buy your home. So it is getting very popular, right? If you think about it, as the property markets come to a plateau, right? As more and more taxes come in to try to essentially siphon wealth from the property markets, um, eventually, I think what the government hopes to achieve, or at least what seems like what they want to achieve is a stable property market where there's not a lot of ups and downs. And, you know, it's just a little bit of a growth, 4%, 6%, maybe enough for you to cover your mortgage. So they're trying to essentially siphon off this profiteering, you know, within the property market. So I think more and more people are recognizing this, that hey, if my property doesn't grow a lot, then I spend all this mortgage and my CPF then also doesn't grow because I'm essentially using my CPF to put into my HDB, then uh, is it better for me to just use cash to buy HDB and let my CPF grow in something like a 1M65, put it in the special account or even just investing in broad-based index funds using the CPF IS? Right? So I think more and more people are 
thinking about these things and mathematically it can be quite sound especially if we start to see property prices stable down and not having this kind of big big hikes anymore uh, I'm not sure I can't predict the future if anybody can tell you they, they can predict the future then uh, good on them uh, but but I, I think you should run away okay but but the reality is it looks like that's the situation. So it may come a point slightly down the road uh, for all you a little bit younger one, like 30s, you know, they're still on the fence of getting your house or still waiting for your BTO and deciding, hey, maybe I can pay cash instead of using CPF. The idea here is even if you choose to use cash to pay for your HDB, you should still subscribe to the Home Protection Scheme by the CPF Board. Essentially, it is an insurance that uh, protects the members and their families against losing their HDB flat in the event of death, terminal illness and total permanent disability. In other words, if you were to die in an accident, you were to become permanently impaired and you have kids, and, you know, no family member can support this thing. Hey, CPF will essentially pay out all your mortgages and the HDB is there for you and for your kids. Right? For your kids specifically. I think that's people's main concern. And I have friends who are beneficiary of this structure, okay? Um, I don't know if beneficiary is a word to use, but uh, the idea here is, yes, something happened to their family, but because of this structure, uh, they get to keep the HDB and their life can essentially keep going right on, on some level right at least on a relatively stable level because they get to have a roof over their head which I do think is the main concern of a lot of uh, parents especially when you know, you start to age and you look at your kids, they're still very young and you'll be a lot concerned. I mean, a lot of people spend a lot of money on all these fear and future, right? So this is definitely one of the very um, concerning things that I think a lot of, even our listeners, a lot of us will have. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. So yes, use your CPF to uh, buy the HPS so that you can protect yourself and all the calculators on the CPF website, right? So it's very easy and I think it's an interesting idea as more and more people are exploring different ways to use their CPF and also use their cash. With that, I'm going to sum up today with the three CPF users you didn't know or didn't think about. Number one is to buy Integrated Shield Plan on top of your basic MediShield life. It is the best bang for your buck and it's a state-run structure you should explore, okay? Nobody really tell you because uh, there's not a lot of money to be made, but as a buyer, you must know this thing, right? So explore Integrated Shield Plan. But just kind reminder, do not just like you know, close all your other policies and jump into this thing, right? Because if you already participate in some of these policies, hey, closing them abruptly may have a bigger adverse impact, you know, compared to if you now divert into integrated shield plans. But something to think about, something to explore, ask your wealth planner, ask your insurance agents. And point number two is to top up your parents' CPF so that they can use CPF Live and reduce your need to support them. In other words, it is really stopping the leaky bucket, right? Because if... 
your parents is taking money from you and you're not going to build your nest egg and you're going to continue to essentially take money from your kids, then this is kicking the can down the road, right? And it's I don't think that's what we want to achieve. So now with the state-run system of CPF Life that will give perpetuity, you know, that means all the way to someone's death. So they're going to keep paying out. Why not? Let's look at this thing and maybe use this structure of CPF Life to support our parents also, right? So that they can keep getting... Uh, so there are a lot of good perks with CPF Life and we can keep talking about this and point number three is even if you decide to pay cash for your hdb use your cpf to buy the hps home protection scheme okay in other words if something happened to you cpf will pay out all your mortgages and your descendants or your beneficiaries will get that home and at least have a roof over their head so that they can continue and uh, yeah, live their life and do the best of what they can. With that, I hope you learned something useful today. See ya! Hey, I hope you learned something useful today and truly appreciate that you took time off to better your life with the financial coconut. Knowledge is that much more powerful and interesting when shared, debated and discussed. Join our community telegram group, sign up for our email list, like, share, subscribe. Very important, yeah, you know. If you like, share, subscribe, it helps the podcast, it helps the network. Help us reach more people, you know, be with us on this journey to essentially live the life you love while managing your finances as well. So I will see you next week. Okay, I hope you found that useful. I think maybe some people that are like very geeky about CPF probably already know. Uh, but yeah, these are some thoughts that I have after looking through the whole CPF structure because I get a lot of questions around this. So yes, next week, I want to talk a little bit about observing complex financial scams because you see more and more of these things. And there are certain core ideas that essentially governs scams right so if you see some of these things occurring then you know your red light you have to ding 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 too many people are too high on profit and you know when when things are riding high nobody really thinks about these things so i have some core uh, parameters to help you observe financial scams and i hope to share with you next week with that see ya